Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Margolin. And I'm Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello. Hello. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm Chris. And I'm Courtney. Welcome. And if you uh, hear a little dog pattering around, uh, that's Presley. Uh, He will just be teetering on the floor here throughout (laughs) this entire thing. Um, Thank you so much for hanging out with us on TPQ20 today. Um, We are really honored to have you as part of this. Uh, We always like to start out by saying we know who you are, uh, but our audience may not know who you are. So if you were to give an elevator pitch of kind of who are you, um, who are you? Oh, um, well, thanks so much for having me here. I'm really, really, really glad to be in conversation with you. I'm Sima Reza. I am a poet, an essayist, a mom, and a community builder. I think my stack of books just fell. Sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> I'm also a, an avid book collector. I like <laughs> um, and sometimes the stack falls on me. Um, I um, I write. I think as much writing has saved my life and I write as much to make sense of the world as to contribute to it. Um, and I've been thinking really recently that um, my job is kind of, yeah, to write, yeah, to teach, yeah, to run a nonprofit community building artwork that, you know, brings poetry to veterans and active duty service members and healthcare workers. But more and more as I get older, I'm like, oh, no, actually my job is to live well. And poetry helps me do that. Love that. I do too. I love that. So what are some of your passions um, when it comes to the world of literature? I want to dig into that stack of books that just almost <laughs> toppled on top of you. Uh, what are what are some of those books in, in that stack and your passions inside of it? Oh my gosh. It's such a good stack that fell, actually. <laughs> it is um, Kink, that collection of short stories edited by R.O. Kwan and Garth Greenwell. It's so, so good. And it toppled onto Holy is the Firm by Annie Dillard, who I love so much. It's a really slim book of hers about how God shows up and doesn't show up in hard moments. Um, and that is on top of Zami, a new spelling of my name by Audre Lorde, her memoir, a biomythography. And under that is this memoir of a day. Oop, I'm leaning in here. Um, it's called Supremely Tiny Acts by Sonia Huber, which is a memoir that takes place in one day. So those are some of the things that I'm reading right now um, that are blowing my mind. What were when you kind of started out on this poetry journey of yours? What were those? What were those passions and inspiration that kind of kind of immediately hit you and where you said, "I need to do this." Oh, it's so interesting. I took this circular route to poetry. I um, I never considered myself a poet, but when really hard things happened, I could only write an image and then hit this enter bar, right? Hit the return bar. So I'd be on another line and write an image. And I wrote about all the hard things this way um, because I just, you know, like I couldn't stay in the line any longer with something when the images were hard. And then I was studying with the poet Karen Miriam Goldberg at Goddard College. I was supposed to be studying prose. Um, 
And she was like, do you want to know more about poems? And, <laughs> and then I studied with the the uh, poet who was then the poet laureate of New Hampshire. He was a brilliant poet, Walter Butts. If you don't know his work, his work is just, just it's like, um, it's like standing in a fine rain reading his work. You, know, you just feel this like delicate, like, um, and Walter helped me really dig into form. Um, and studying form is what helped me like just sort of sharpen my voice. Right. Very cool. I love that. Like a fine rain. <laughs> he's, I mean, his, his work, he's a spectacular poet. When I can just see on your face, um, how much you appreciate uh, the work you did with them and the love you have there. Um, it's just wonderful to see. Uh, Looking outside the world of literature, what are some of your passions um, and where do you find them? Um, I yeah, apologize. <laughs> my, my brain injury, sometimes my words come slowly in. Fine. You can hear my stutter come out. You're fine. No, it gives, it's, it gives me time to think, and I speak very slowly and pause a lot, so much so that my mother sometimes hangs up on me. <laughs> she'll say something totally whack, and I'll just pause so I don't say something whack back, and she'll be like, hello, hello, click. <laughs> I'm like, so full appreciation for taking our time to figure out what, what it is that we need to say. Now I'll call it my teacher think time. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> Um, one of my major passions is potato chips. Oh, I really love potato chips of all kinds. Um, I really like to mix different kinds of potato chips in one bowl. Just really (laughs) do a grab bag. Um, I'm really, really passionate about, um, going for hikes, but sleeping indoors. Um, <laughs> not much of a camper. I like a toilet. I like a bed, but I really like like a good, strenuous, delightful hike. Um, I'm really also very passionate about pranks. Oh. Just like I don't necessarily have the guts to carry out all the pranks that I think up. <laughs> I, like, I just really love to think up. Like, wouldn't it be weird if? We took the ashes from the fireplace and like spread them on the bench outside of the grocery store. And we're like, our uncle loved it here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this really hard. I, I'm, and my daughter actually, we like to think of very odd things to do like this and not carry them out. Just talk about them. Like, wouldn't this be weird or this situation be just really out there? And then look at each other like we can't tell anybody about this. They were just the weirdest people that ever lived. <laughs> yeah, I like, I really, I love it. Sometimes I'll like, I'll interrupt myself falling asleep thinking about something real funny like that. So I'm <laughs> pretty passionate <laughs> about that. See, so a collection in the future is a is a video visual collection of prank based poetry. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> What if we had the guts to? <laughs> what if we had the guts to? And yeah. Awesome. So then over the course of your career, um, what do you find is your process for 
or writing, do you, uh, do you have that nine to five where you sit down and you know you have this many hours where you have to write something or are you, you know, do you have superstitions that come with it or rituals that you have to go through? What's your, uh, what is your process for, uh, for crafting? I love this question. I do best when I have a deadline. So that's a real important part of my process. So Ooh, who gives you the deadlines? You know, like if I have like, I I make up sometimes or I I take a lot of classes. I think that's a really important part. I study with people I admire whenever I can. Um, And I prepare for those classes. I take it pretty seriously. You know, Hedgebrook has a series where you can just download or it's like you, you, it's not, it's asynchronous. So you, you know, you, you buy access. And so then I'll set some time to every day do it for a week or however long, however many classes there are. Um, I also really like to write in these interstitial spaces. So I'll create like when the world breaks up in my first book, which is a memoir, I wrote almost entirely on public transit. So I would, instead of taking the train, which is much faster, I would get up earlier and take the, you know, I'm a single mom and I was in school. Um, and I had a regular nine to five at that time. And I would just, I take the bus and I'd write. And I had a, a Google Doc called "Crying on Public Transit," and I would just, <laughs> and I would write on my iPad, and then you know, like, and then it would sync, you know, to my computer, and I'd, I'd edit there. And when it came time where I had to turn in the manuscript, I was like, I need to be on a bus, and so I bought, I put on Facebook, I'm going to be in New York. I need a place to stay. I need to have dinner with someone, and I need to have breakfast with someone tomorrow morning and then I'm going to be back. And literally I just took that four or five hours each way. You don't want to make friends on the, on the zip bus or whatever it's called. And you don't want to, the internet's terribly slow. It's like the perfect conditions um, for writing. And so that's, that's been a really helpful part of my writing journey. Um, Now in the pandemic, it's a little bit different. Right. So I like, I make up all of these rituals of like, I like light incense and I, you know, eat a certain amount of chocolate and I'll, you know, give myself a tarot card reading, though I have no business doing so. And I have 20 and, minutes at least. And then, and then my time is up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like 20 minutes. It's just sort of like do all this stuff to like sit at my computer for 20 minutes and then. So I need I need to get back on the bus, I guess, is what I'm realizing. I'm just dying over your title. As a I was a single mom for a while and I never rode the bus, but I, I did a lot of crying in my car to and, from, <laughs> to and from work and I just I I am picturing being on a bus. I could have written a, just so many things. Right. <laughs> my That's time would thing. have been like, so much better used. If you don't drive, right? And and you get extra time. So there's benefits, certainly. I could have written just so I, what a brilliant use of public transit <laughs> for all of our listeners. If you are out there going through something. Well, I imagine the, just the general observation of everybody who's riding the bus, just, I mean, the, the amount of stories and words and poems that come just based on, you know, the person three seats in front of you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 The way other people's stories and emotions, right? Like we catch other people's emotions. We're social animals and, you know, this is limbic resonance. And so you might find an emotion that you wouldn't necessarily 
access or like an entry point that you wouldn't necessarily access alone in your office. I think that might be one of the things that I miss the most, um, you know, during this time is just like that sort of random pickup of like, oh, hey, there's, you know, like there's something happening in this room to this person. Well, I'm kind of a magnet on a public transit. People just want to tell me their stories, it seems, when I'm in public. <laughs> That's what writing writing is helpful for because then you're busy um, and nobody wants to talk. Like, right? Like, it just seems yeah. like. Unless can, it's a really good story, then please tell me your story so I can write it down. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be one of the pitfalls. Um, were there any other pitfalls that you've run into throughout your writing journey? Um, things that have you've run up against that have been um, obstacles you've had to overcome? Uh, and how have you done so? Oh, I mean, so many. Of course, everyone knows writing is mostly rejection, right? Um, and when you write memoir, when you write really personal poetry, it's, it's difficult to separate rejection of the work from rejection of you. So like, that's an obvious one. I think the other thing that's tricky, um, about this kind of deep excavation work, right? So a constellation of half lives. My second book was, is about the global war on terror and it's a series of sort of, kind of started out as a series of letters to an imagined but not fictional woman named Khadija living in the path of the global war on terror while I'm here in the United States in a different part of the path with service members, right? Leading writing workshops with service members and veterans who come home um, from her place, her home. And um in order to feel those hard things, you have to like allow yourself to feel those hard things. You have to read report after report after report about drone strikes. You have to like research, right? These really, really hard things, depleted uranium, like the things that are happening in the world um, in order to like sort of feed them through the sieve of your mind. And coming back up from that, is a really, really tricky thing. And finding that sort of, I do believe this is my work, right? You know, this is what I must do. Um, but also my work is to live here, to be a mother, to be a lover, to be, you know. Um, and so that is a, a thing that I'm often trying to balance is space for the going in and also um Remembering that I am a, a human in a body, in a community, um, and making space for the light, right, in those times. And so, like, it makes other people uncomfortable when you're sad, right? Like, it makes some other people uncomfortable. You know, I think that's, like, I have a friend who's a social worker who would say, like, when you hand somebody a box of tissues when they're crying, it's like saying, stop crying, stop crying, and so he's like, you put the tissues on the table. If they want a tissue, they'll take one. I never offer a tissue. And um, it's natural for the people who love you to offer you a tissue to try to pull you out. Um, but in order to do the work, I've got to like submerge. Um, so that is, that's a challenge. I think um, that will stay with me yeah. as long as I'm writing. What a kind friend you have. I think that is one of the hardest things in the world to learn 
is how to offer that grace to people to be sad and to hold their hand and let them be sad and feel um, and hold them in that and be there for them to lift when they're ready right. and let them be in that feeling. And to not be driven by your discomfort, mm-hmm. by your sense of responsibility, which is, it may be sometimes a form of narcissism, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that I can fix this or that I have a responsibility to, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really beautiful thing um, that has been essential, too, to my work in the hospitals, right? It's like, it's not, it's it, like, shit sucks and it's okay. <laughs> you feel shitty about yes. it, right? Like, like you know, it's okay to, to be pissed when yeah. things piss you off. So, yeah, it's a really important thing. Well, I think that's actually a nice transition kind of toward, toward the end, uh, you know, the last real question here, um, and to kind of bring in community building artworks. Uh, what are, you know, what are you passionate? What are you seeing right now in the world of poetry and literature that's just grabbing you? And maybe how are you using that with community building artworks to kind of bring that to the rest of the world? <sighs> so great. Um, I am, so, you know, Community Building Artworks, we are a nonprofit organization that got our start in the military health system at Walter Reed and Fort Belvoir Community Hospital. And our sort of core sensibility is that at the heart of community is communication. At the heart of communication is, oh, yeah, and at the heart of communication is knowing what it is that you contain. And writing and art making are the tools for both knowing what you contain and communicating it to the people around you um, in a way that's not harmful to you, right? In a way that you have control of the narrative, you have the safety of the page to figure out the words for it in. And all of our workshops are led by professional artists. Mostly it's like poets that I'm gushing over and losing my (laughs) mind over their work. I'll send them a note and be like, will you please teach for us? Um, And people by and large say yes. and. It has been an extraordinary thing during this time. We opened up our workshops. So we have our population-specific workshops that are for healthcare workers, that are for veterans and service members and military family members. Um, And then we have our community workshops, which are open to everyone and they're free. And we intend to keep them that way because what we've found is that um, when people get together around and think deeply about art and then are able to like have speak authentically about what they've experienced. Um, Not that our differences disappear because they shouldn't. Our differences are important, Um, but our, our similarities also rise. Right. Right. And, um, and I think more and more as there's, you know, just like the lines are blurred between, I think it's with social media and, you know, like I have my feelings about social media either on both ends. I just feel like Twitter freaks me out. Um, I just look good at it and it's so fast and it's like, I just can't, I don't have a hot take on most things. I um, that I need to rethink it 900 times because I freaked out by my hot take immediately. <laughs> Only takes are super lukewarm, right? Like, I'm just like, I'm not sure. Um, but 
one thing that's really beautiful, like I love the hell out of Instagram. And one thing that I think is really beautiful in this moment, it's tricky, but it's beautiful, is how we're able to follow these poets and writers and makers, artists whose work we admire. Um, and then we peek behind and see that they're like, we're able to peek and see that they're human and they have a mom and they have a, you know, a dog and they have a, a, a sense of humor that maybe isn't like, I think I'm a funnier person than my books might betray. Right. My books are like way super sad. Um, but if you follow me on Instagram, I do like a lot of like, um, videos in a face mask or like I've been really into right now, this thing that cracks me up, which is, um, trying to make really boring content like just like unremarkable really boring I just I don't know why it makes me laugh and laugh but you know and I and I I think that that's really beautiful in this moment is a, like how people are able to to be them their multiple versions yeah well I don't know that it's their whole selves but multiple versions of themselves behind the page um I think it's really exciting and that's you're at uh, least not your one tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there poets right now that uh, you think we should all be uh, racing toward? And then what's coming up for you? Ooh, poets right now that we should be racing towards. I mean, Danica Kelly, always and always. Um, Matthew Olsman, I'm so excited about his new book. Um I mean, there's so many, and I don't know why I didn't I didn't prepare better. Like I, I mean, our Friday writing workshop is full. Carla Samet just had a new chat book out called "What Is Left." Um, she celebrated yesterday, which is pandemic poems. I'm also loving how quickly poems are coming out. Yes, um, and that's that's a really cool thing. It's this uh, really exciting thing that's happening. And there's this poem that just like blew my whole mind in the Paris Review. Um, by Tove Ditlevson, hmm. and it's it's a series of self portraits translated from the Danish by Jennifer Russell and Sophia Hersey Smith, okay. and they're like so good, so good. So I'm constantly discovering new work and feeling excited about it. Awesome, I love it. And then what's coming up for you? Oh, and what's coming up for me is I'm working on a collection of essays. Um, the proposal is is back with my agent right now. So fingers crossed, but it's their essays about identity and desire and more than a little bit about Mariah Carey and (laughs) Bollywood and general hospital, all the things, all the things that make a girl in the Um, (laughs) nineties. So I'm really excited about, about that longer form. I haven't written, you know, like I've written a couple of the essays for the proposal that are like, you know, 5,000 words, which is like, you know, it's just like all this space right. to dive into an issue or an idea. Well, very, very cool. We are very excited for uh, for that in the future. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us on TPQ20 today. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you it so was much. so lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll be thinking of ways to prank you. Um, <laughs> please do. We we don't have an Instagram account, so that that might be, a, you know, we, we might, might be, be what soon. we do next. <laughs> <laughs> you, might have inspired, you might have inspired our Instagram account. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so um, much and have a great rest of the evening. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe.